Welcome, everyone. This is uh, all about Windows Phone Insight podcast number 135. And we're recording this on Tuesday, the 14th of April, 2015. I am Steve Litchfield. With me, uh, my regular co-host, Rafe Blanford. Hello, everybody. Yes, uh, as we kind of predicted last week, got rather a lot to talk about this week. It, a bit like London buses, they all come along at once. <laughs> it was rather a frantic end of the week. What with uh, There was a Microsoft press launch on the Thursday with two devices, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, followed by the latest build of Windows Insiders, uh, Windows 10 Insiders, um, which uh, with a much wider device pool this, this time, Rafe. So uh, I put it on our 1520 and it's also the, the 635, uh, which we've got on the go. I'm assuming you put it on at least one device as well. And then we had all the fun of playing with that. Yes, I got it onto a, a 635, I think it is, rather than a 630. Uh, I want to get it onto uh, another device or two just to try it out in the, the different resolutions. Uh, it's still very much in beta, but I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later at the end of the show. I guess it's also worth saying we promised you last week to go through some kind of listener questions. I suspect we may run out of time in this week's episode, but we haven't forgotten about it and we will uh, address some of them in a future episode. So if you do have any, let us know. We may well um, come up with a couple that uh, kind of address the topics in this this week's show. And we have had a few comments in uh, various reviews and gallery articles, so we will be addressing some of those, if not by name. But uh, I just wanted to highlight that before we dive into the the two big devices which when we say it was a a launch event we should probably clarify and say it was a uk launch event which is always interesting because you get a different flavor of information i think it's fair to say than the formal kind of global device launch that will either happen through something like lumia conversations or at an event like mwc and so you hear about some of the marketing for the local market so we'll certainly touch on those but i think what most people are going to be interested in steve is hearing about what you think about the Lumia 640 and the 640XL. Well, they're very much sister devices, but there is, an, there is a noticeable spec bump as you go from one to the other, not, not necessarily in terms of chipset, but in terms of uh, the screen, screen technology, the camera, the sort of things I tend to be interested in. And uh, not surprisingly, um, of the two devices which uh, we received for review, um, the 640XL definitely caught my eye as the one that was really something different, certainly something different to the rest of the market. Now, you can get, in fairness, you can get cheap phablets from no-name or little-known names from, from Asia running Android, um, but they tend to have not really the same quantity of support and the same quality of support as you do for, in this example, Microsoft. And the Lumia 640XL with a 5.7-inch screen, um, which is really, you know, full clear black display polarizers, uh, a pretty good speaker, a very surprisingly good camera, I have to say. Um, excellent solidity, build quality, uh, all of that for uh, £180 on pairs you go. I think I've been quite, I think I've set sort of lower than that actually in some, in some places in the UK. I just think that's terrific value and, and not really paralleled in, in much else in the market. I think the 640X is for me certainly the more interesting of the two devices, which is why, why I reviewed it first. I, I I agree with you honestly, but to give a bit of a shout out to the the 640 it is a significantly cheaper device, and I think it will be the one that sells in bigger numbers because that its five inch screen is just going to be a bit more approachable for most people. I do think it's interesting we haven't seen a lot of activity in what I'd call this low end phablet space. I mean, actually, it's still a mid tier device. I mean, once you start having big screens and stuff, you know, the cost will inevitably go up a bit. Um, but you're right. I mean, if you look at the device 
Samsung, I think, being the, the case in point, who have always produced a lot of devices in different variants. There isn't anything broadly equivalent that's not going to, at least something that's going to be available globally in quite the same way that 640XL is. I'm sure, actually, the 640XL will prompt some of the others to have a look at this space again. I suspect the first time it happened, these kind of cheaper, large screen devices, there wasn't quite the interest there, not in the same way there was for phablets at the higher end of the market, things like the 1520 or the Note 4 or even the iPhone. Uh, six plus and you know the kind of the budget ones people kind of skipped over because most people looking for you know that kind of device weren't necessarily interested i do wonder whether it will make a bit of a comeback and it's probably worth saying that there are some of these devices that are kind of region specific out in asia um, from a couple of the chinese manufacturers so it's perhaps a bit misleading to say they don't exist at all but the 640xl i think is unusual in being pushed in some of the western markets um, one thing I wanted to pick up on there that you talked about there, sister devices and the, the naming scheme, it's really great to see Microsoft switch away from doing the 1320 and the 1520. And obviously the 640XL is the successor to the 1320 and I guess to a lesser extent the 625 as well. Um, it, that naming convention makes more sense. But there is, a, 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 I think, maybe a slightly misleading or misconception here that they are sister devices one is not the big screen version of the other. Um, the core specifications like the processor and the RAM are the same, but as you sort of suggested there, the camera, which I guess we'll come to in a minute, is significantly better. And I think the quality of the screen is also better on the 640XL. Um, that, that shouldn't really do down the 640 because it's also a very capable device and um, its pay-as-you-go price is sort of uh, £99 here in the UK and potentially even lower as a pay-as-you-go upgrade. So fantastic value for money. It's, it's certainly giving the 735 a race for its uh, money in terms of what's the best value overall Windows phone is. I think the 735, because it's been available a bit longer and the price has, has dropped a bit, probably still edges it, but uh, really interesting device. Um, but, I mean, was there anything, you, you mentioned the camera there, Steve, on the 640XL. Did that stand out in particular for you? I guess it did partly, A, because of my own interest, but also but I was caught by the fact that uh, they actually went to some length to say this has got Zeiss optics. I mean, you don't normally say something in a mid-tier device you just say okay it's got a five megapixel and eight eight megapixel camera in this case a 30 megapixel camera okay there are plenty of 30 megapixel sensors out there but it's got quote zeiss optics and that just shows there's been a little bit more care taken in in how this thing's been put together and it does show in the results i mean i plus also caught me by surprise and very very much related is the fact that they've got the full lumia camera 5 um software suite on board which i really wasn't expecting at this price point so you could take all the you know the rich captures and adjust the hdr effects after the fact and the latest image processing algorithm so add that to the size optics and uh, a one over three inch sensor i mean again this is a low to mid-tier device effectively and you're paying a bit more than the budget end because it's a fablet but in that frame, um, you've got the camera, which is actually surprisingly good. And I've been testing the HTC One M9 for, for for the phone show, uh, one of the the top Android flagships. And you know, the One M9's camera and and the uh, Lumia 640 XL's camera, same size sensor, same resolution sensor. And you know, there really isn't that much in the in the difference in the results. And the M9, of course, uh, I know it's metal, but it costs four times as much. Repeat, four times as much. And I was just blown away, really. Maybe the M9 camera is slightly underperforming. Maybe the 640 XL is really, um, you know, pushing the limits of what Microsoft and the ex Nokia engineers can do. But I was just enormously impressed by it. Um, there's no OIS there. I guess that's the one minor thing. But you wouldn't, you can't have everything. And I'm certain there's, there's so much in the 640 XL that I just couldn't fail to be impressed overall. 
Yeah, I would echo that. As with the, the 735, which impressed me for its camera capabilities, here we've got a really top-end you know, kind of camera technology. And as you say, taking away a few bits and there's no dual LED flash is a, another good example where it's uh, lacking is probably the right word, just not um, specified to the top tier is probably a better way of putting it. Yeah. And so um, particularly if you're taking it in good lighting conditions, honestly, you're going to start to struggle to tell the difference between this and a high-end device when we're talking about typical, you know, photo usage, you know, the odd social media or bit of memory capture, you know, and talked about it before, printing out at six by four. Honestly, it's surprising how good this is, this has gotten. And uh, I think we'll see this echoed in the future in the kind of the next 18 months. I think more of the mid-tier and the low-end device will get like this. But just uh, it's kind of this attitude that, yes, these components do get pushed down to the low-end devices. But seeing it, it, it actually in a device does make you really realize that and believe it. And as you mentioned there, the software experience, which is becoming a critical part of imaging, is also there. And to my knowledge, this is the first of the 600 series to kind of get that full imaging yeah. technology. In fact, as with some of the other devices like the 830, it's not kind of the top end because you're not getting 4K video, for example. Uh, but even so, you know, very impressive indeed. And the fact that this, this is all running on a Snapdragon 400, which is, you know, actually technology or a processor that is, you know, significantly below um, what would be considered cutting edge and certainly at the high end, it's still very performant in terms of imaging and speed and actually general performance. You know, really, really impressed by this. Um, I'll also give a shout out to the fact I like the fact that they've um, continued playing with a, a couple of the colors. So I've got the uh, orange version, for example, of the 640XL. Not to everyone's taste, but there is now a, a blue version as well, and that's pretty attractive. Um, the other thing I think is really worth worth uh, talking about is the glance screen. And again, you know, we're getting this. I guess we got it on the uh, the 620, but then it was missing from some of the other devices, and obviously from the 930, which we talked about ad infinitum. But great to see uh, glance technology on these devices as well, and that's both the XL and the sort of 640 version. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is it's glance. Um, functionality, but on an LCD screen. So you do have kind of my bugbear, which is at night you glance across at your phone and the entire backlight, okay, it's only on about 1% or 2%, but in a pretty dark room, that that backlight does rather kind of decrease the contrast for the figures, the vital figures you're trying, the time you're trying to, to make out on the screen. So it's it's not quite as um, sort of wonderful as, as glance on something like the Nokia Lumia 925 or the 1020, but it does work and you do get notifications and uh, I suspect once I've configured, I'll probably get the weather as well. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it's a kind of the choice that you make and there is obviously a compromise and a bigger one on battery life here than you'll typically see with glance on other devices. The other thing I like about the 640XL is they've reduced the screen size from the 1320 to from six inches to 5.7 inch i think that just gets the form factor just right for the phablet size you know you still get that boost to productivity that you get from the larger screen i think this is a point you made in your review steve it does make it very effective as a, a kind of business class device and uh, i think you could apply this to both of them actually they're quite unusual as devices and they have this kind of crossover appeal for both enterprise uses. and i actually think 640xl will do better in the enterprise and actually that's something that microsoft said happened with the uh, 1320 uh, than it may do in the student market or the kind of the, I guess you'd say the consumer market. Um, and, but it does have broad appeal in both. This isn't, you know, just an enterprise device or just a consumer device. That's partly about the screen size. And uh, I guess also there we should mention the inclusion of Office 365 as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I only actually got this uh, working after a few prompts in the comments because <laughs> I don't know whether about you had it, a, a voucher or something in your box, Rafe, but we kind of knew that a year's worth of uh, Office 365 personal was included, but uh, no mention to how, to how to actually activate it. And it turns out you have to go and looking, you have to know to look for a particular application uh, in the store, find it, install it, run it, get redirected, get an email, click on the link in the email, get a code, paste the code, one fragment of a long, long code at a time into a web form on a PC or desktop, not the phone, which doesn't work. And after all of that, 20 minutes later, you finally end up with an activated year's worth of Office 365. So it does work. It's great to have it. It's good value. I do wonder how many end, <laughs> end users and consumers will actually go through all those hoops and will know, either know to activate it or be, be bothered. But given that they've already got the, you know, the basic Office apps and viewers already on the phone. Yeah, I think the, the value for here is clearly unlocking it on your desktop PC and your tablet. But I do agree, it's a bit of a palaver going through it at the moment. The other thing that's worth pointing out, if you have a, an Office 365 existing subscription, if you've got a personal one, that's fine. It will add on a year to your existing subscription. If you've got Office 365 Home, which allows you to have more computers, uh, it will actually try and switch your subscription to personal, which is obviously something you wouldn't like to do. Talking to Microsoft, they are kind of aware of the issue and they're kind of looking into it. Um, but it just goes to show there's a, a bit of thought that is required when you're bundling in these kind of services and software. And I, I'd agree with you. I mean, there wasn't a card in my box. My understanding is there will be, um, when this is more generally available in retail, at least there should be in most markets. Um, Microsoft actually used the same thing when they were doing the Fitbit giveaway in the UK market. They had a kind of a gift app. Um, it's fairly easy to find in the Windows Phone Store, but it would have been much better if it had been a bit more apparent. Um, and ideally, actually, you want to kind of pre-install that app. I mean, it, it's interesting on the 640, it's notable that um, Microsoft is starting to do a number of preloads for the UK variants, Barclays, Ping It, and then there's a Gameloft hub. If they can manage to do that, I don't see why you can't get the Office 365 gift application included as well. Well, I do know why. It's because it's lead times and all of that kind of thing. Um, but even so, there's, there's definitely, uh, I would say, room for improvement there. Um, I guess, given that these are lower-end devices, Steve, we should probably talk about some of the compromises that are inherent in any of these. Um, they definitely do exist, but... I thought it was notable uh, and why these stand out as very good devices for me is they do seem to be sensible compromises and ones that are actually kind of easier to justify than some of the things we've seen in the past. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I mean, the, the most obvious one is is the use of the processor, the Snapdragon 400 series. And a lot of people have kind of poo-pooed this and said, well, this is 2015, guys. What on earth are you doing shipping devices with Snapdragon 400s? But in fairness, we have devices in the, Mot in the um, Android world, the Motorola Moto G range running on the same Indeed. series of processors and running very, very happily with the latest Android. And Windows Phone 8.1 Update 2 runs absolutely fine on the um, the 640 XL and the 640 here. Yes, if you if you're, if you're absolutely measuring the number of seconds it takes to render super heavy websites, then yes, you will notice a slight drop off from the flagships. Yes, if you're playing the very uh, most resource intensive games, maybe there'll be a slight drop off in frame rate. But we really are talking uh, you know, tiny increments here, and the man in the street is absolutely not going to know the difference. And the, the general interface runs very very smoothly. And I would say that even the the the, the multitasking carousel 
um, I think works smoother than before and far less resuming screens. I think once we got to the Snapdragon X100 series of processors, and I think Windows Phone's certainly been built around those now, um, they work much better in terms of a, a multi multi tasking environment whereas if you look at devices like the 925 the 1020 and 920 um the latest versions of uh, you know lumia denim and windows phone 8.1 update one and even update two they, they rather show their age really it's not because the processors are slow it's that the, the, the os is being optimized for these x100 processors and to be fair these new devices they, they are pretty slick they are and i you know it's interesting because people have said to me why not have the next thing up which i guess you know we could talk about the snapdragon 600 but it really doesn't feel like they need them and as you say there are benefits to having optimization going on around this whole mid-tier family uh, and certainly i think more critical is the inclusion of one gigabyte of ram which makes them a lot more future proof and one of the things that microsoft was emphasizing at the event was these devices are upgradable to windows 10 for phones i think that's a, a pretty uh, big deal and actually with that one gig of ram steve's commented in the past is that a requirement no it's not technically a requirement but it certainly makes things easier um the thing that kind of also stood out for me is the screens um these are 720p screens in both cases but i guess we've just come that bit further along that you get a bit more bang for your buck in terms of the quality of the screen um we've mentioned glass yeah, already yeah. but uh, it's just you know I actually have always said I think quality of screen is more important than resolution. And these devices, I think, are really great examples of that. Sure, on the 640XL, you will notice a relatively low um, pixel density in comparison to other devices. But most of the time, you'll only pick that up in things like web browsing and occasionally, I guess, in kind of reading apps and maybe ebooks or the office apps. But it's more than acceptable given the price. There are a few other things I would uh, pick up on um, the kind of a headset included in the box is a slightly weaker version. The positioning of the loudspeakers on these devices and kind of the quality of them, I would say probably isn't quite as good as the high-end devices, but that's being really nitpicky. And actually, they've done a, a pretty good job of, in the case of the 640XL, because the uh, the camera actually is slightly raised away from the surface, even though the speaker's on the back, you still get uh, a pretty good volume coming out the back of the device. On the uh, 640 itself, I think it might be more of a problem with muffling. I've not done a whole bunch of testing. Well, I guess we'll come back to this in a couple of weeks when we've had a chance to live with the devices for a few weeks or so. Um, but I would also sort of comment on the overall quality of the devices in terms of the build. They're, they're quite simply put together. I mean, it's this typical kind of all... Um, all-in-one body device with the batteries um, both being removable and down one side of the device uh, and then the kind of the plastic shell on the back uh, to kind of hold you know it holds everything in but also kind of dictates the feel in the hand that's a relatively simple construction method but they still feel extremely solid and it's not the sophistication of some of the you know, unibody devices but even so they still feel absolutely great and I say again, you know, given the price point and the materials, really good. I mean, even something like the glass protecting the screen, it's Gorilla Glass 3. So it's actually a bit more than I'd expect from a kind of mid-tier low-end device. So really good. I yeah. guess the other thing to maybe mention is the um, the control keys. They're the virtual ones on the screen. That seems to be becoming standard on the lower-end devices. My personal preference is to still have capacitive keys, and that's one of the reasons, you know, like the 830 and the, some of the other high-end devices. But uh, again, that's being being really picky and as i said it, what what stands out is i think about these devices each time we see a new family the the value equation has changed such that they're getting better and better and it's easier and easier to justify buying a mid-tier device and last time around it was a 730 and 830 and 
you know, the 600 devices before, the 630 and the 635, felt a bit weak because there was, you know, the battery wasn't quite there, you know, the uh, RAM was a bit on the weak side or front-facing camera or whatever it happened to be. This time it feels that just as the 730 and the 830 and the uh, 535 and the 435 really stepped up those uh, tier of devices, it now feels like, I guess we could, should, should call these upper-lower end if we're going to call the 730 and the 830 mid-tier, um, you know, very strong portfolio of devices now from the 435 up to the 830, which of course does still leave the flagship to come in the summer, Steve. Yeah, yeah. But I should, I've got a few, few notes here I've been making while you've been talking, Ray. So if I can just run through a few of these, because I want to get the points out. Uh, first of all, just a point to the review. We'll link in the show notes um, the full review of the 640XL, uh, including photo samples. I just uh, very briefly wrote, did you have a chance to look at some of my photos? Because I was the first few I took, admittedly, in gorgeous sunshine in the garden. But some of those flower photos I would have been very proud of taking with the Lumia 1020, which kind of shows how good the photos can potentially be with the 640XL. Yes, I, I, I sort of looked at it and thought, hmm, Steve's been cheating by using a different device. But <laughs> having tried it out myself, um, I'll also say the low light stuff works pretty well. And again, that's really about yeah. the size of the optical, the, the optical format size, uh, the one over three inches. You know, it just means it's capable of gathering, a, you know, more light. And it's on those edge cases, it works really well. So I was doing some kind of London uh, late at night pictures and actually they came out very well. I can see you've got one in the review as well. But also that's great for inside pictures. So I think it's in a church or something like that. You've taken one. Um, but of course, where it really stands out is when you've got the good sunlight condition. I, I think an awful lot of this is also down to the processing algorithms that the imaging team have produced. They're, you know, getting getting to be really impressive i haven't yet put the uh, 640 camera through its paces in a, a big way so i guess we'll talk about that in a future episode but yeah very impressive okay um second point um in terms of the form factor yes i was actually quite surprised by the the, the holdability if that's a word of the uh, 640 xl and now although i it turns out my fingers aren't as long as other people's may be because i can't quite wrap my thumb and middle finger around so that they touch with the 640 xl in other words i treat it as a one as a two-handed device i as a phablet rather than the phone for that reason but uh, just as uh, my my um 17 year old uh, nephew who's uh, i thought was roughly a bit taller than me i admittedly but he just picked it up casually and his thumb and four and uh, middle fingers touched he could hold the 640XL, absolutely fine as a one-handed device as a phone. I think he was quite impressed by that. And I guess, as you said earlier, the, the, the main one of the main markets for this device is actually going to be into the, into the enterprise the businesses. And they had the, feed, the actual physical verbal feedback from companies saying, we, we love having this device that the functionality and the vision for it but it's just that tiny bit too big and well they've listened to feed they've listened to the feedback and they have made a device that is significantly smaller on the hand yet the screen size is only 0.3 inches down so yeah a, a thumbs up from me on the form factor there um you, you have got some homework rafe um, you mentioned there about the office um 365 home um that there are some complications if you don't want to add on to that and just to say that there are some comments in the review in one of one of the review stories we've done three or four in terms of including the gallery so do go and look at those but there are some comments about there so and i said rave question marks if you can go off after the podcast and answer a few of those i suspect you are the uh, the as close as we can get to an expert on how all these office subscriptions add up there um the, the screen um, technology. Now, that, this is very interesting. This is one of my bugbears, as you know. Um, and the fact that there's an LCD screen means that the pixels are full RGB, i.e. red, green, blue, red, green, blue, et cetera, et cetera. So that, it may only be 720p, but that's 720 pixels, all of which are RGB. That, that's kind of equivalent 
to double a 1440p screen pentile. I know I'm stretching a point here. And, it, and the different pentile arrangements, they're the diamond, pex pentile, and I don't know, whatever, prism, whatever else they can invent. So there are ways of optimizing pentile displays. But it shouldn't, it shouldn't be ignored, the fact that this is a full RGB display and that Windows Phone has always been kind of optimized around squarish tiles, squarish UI elements, which actually you can't tell the difference um, whether it, whether they that's on a 720p or a 1080p display because the elements are square and they all map neatly around rectangular groups of pixels. So I had absolutely no trouble with the 720p on this 640 XL. I, I, 1080p would have been nice, but if that meant bumping up the price by 50 pounds because you'd also have to bump up the chipset to power the screen, I think they've made a very good choice in terms of the compromises. I I, I agree, and uh, you actually see something similar to this in the glance screen where um, we talked about this earlier in the podcast, what you get. Um, I don't think you can get Bing Weather or the Health or the kind of other app alerts on glance screen because there's limitations in the uh, display memory on these specific devices you will get the kind of the notifications and the time which i think for many people are probably the the key things but uh, that's a good example of the compromise uh, on this device which i think serves it perfectly well but yes I, I would say you're right you don't notice it much in the ui this 720p versus 1080p which i I've always felt it's a bit of a red herring, especially on you know, budget devices like this. Um, I did notice it a, a little bit when I was browsing the web, where obviously you are seeing um, non-square elements some of the time, at least. Yeah. Uh, but certainly in kind of the usual mode of operation, it's not going to be a big deal. And, and before people disparage the actual PPI, the pixels per inch calculation, I should just note that I think one of the uh, uh, Asian companies has just announced a screen. I think it might have been LG. Um, it's something like 800 pixels per inch. And we're clearly getting into insane resolu- resolutions that no human eye will ever be able to see. And I think, I think people should, just like with the megapixel race originally, I think people should just back off and take a common sense view. Is the screen nice and clear? Can you see it in all light conditions? Can you see the pixels? If you can't see the pixels, it doesn't really matter whether it's 300, 500, 700 or 900. And I think the screens are absolutely fine. Um, this is also mentioned on that same topic, Rafe, um, clear black display, which as I mentioned earlier. The 640XL seems to have the full um, f- full clear black display set of polarizers, I, just as good as on the Lumia 1520, which really surprised me, again, at the price point. The 630, I believe, had what I, would, I termed CBD light, just a, a simple linear polarizer, which is better than no polarizer and did reduce reflections outdoors somewhat, but wasn't as good as the full CBD. Um, I haven't actually tested the 640 in depth outside. I did take a quick look at it and powered it on. It didn't seem to be quite as contrasty, so I'm guessing the 640 has the same as the 630 and kind of a cbd light yes i think that's right but we will try and get that confirmed for next week yeah okay and one final note before I, we rush on to other matters to do with these two phones the finish i mean we, you mentioned the the feel in the hand and i don't know whether they've changed they'll change the finish for the different colors rafe but i picked up the white um 640xl and the black 640 and both have a, a nice matte finish now it's, it's kind of hard to describe beyond that word matte but it's, it's both smooth to the, to the touch and grippy at the same time. And it's a really, really pleasant finish. I loved it on the original um, 630 and now on the, these two devices. And it, 
you, you, I just never felt I was going to drop these phones as opposed to, for example, I just put, pluck a device out of the air, the iPhone 6 Plus, which I reviewed about six months ago, and I was forever in danger of dropping because it's just so smooth and shiny. So I know this is plastic, not metal, and I know metal is considered premium and exclusive, but I think that the, the finish on these polycarbonate stroke plastic um, devices is really top-notch. I agree, yeah. It's sort of grippy in the hand. If you are a fan of glossy, however, you can get, I think, both devices in a glossy white option. Otherwise, uh, it is matte. And it's interesting, you talked to Microsoft in the past about this, and they said the, the glossy ones are always more popular on the shop shelves because they kind of look shiny and sparkly, I guess. Uh, but people often prefer the matte, or they rate them better after having owned them for six months. And I, I would certainly chime with my experience. Uh, I very much like the kind of the prettiness of my white Stormtrooper 920, but I did get a bit frustrated with the kind of the fingerprints it seems to attract. And so far, the uh, 640XL has stood up very well in that regard, despite being kind of a, quite a bright orange in my case. Um, it's not obviously attracting <laughs> too many fingerprints on the screen, maybe a little bit. That's sort of fairly typical for. Uh, these kind of devices but yes just that that grippiness that feel in the hand and uh, i'm not sure whether it's it's slightly tapered in the size but um they just it just feels you know very comfortable in one-handed like steve i don't have anywhere near big enough hands to be able to reach across with a, a single hand so it is very much a one-handed device for me and if i'm honest the uh, the 640 is actually pretty close to being two-handed as well but uh probably says more about me than anything else uh so yeah that's that's some some really good points there steve uh, I guess maybe we should just address a few things on the marketing side. Yeah. Um, we were told that the 640 is kind of going to be the device that gets pushed more in the UK in marketing. Uh, it kind of makes sense. You can probably tell the 640XL is the device we like more. It's not really surprising when it's effectively a slightly higher spec device. But the uh, the 640, which we'll talk about more, I think, in next week's episode when we've had a chance to play with it a little bit more, um, has a lot going for it as well. But what kind of struck me as interesting about this uh, kind of marketing campaign is that Microsoft is very much going to push the Office 365 inclusion. That's no surprise. It's a bit of a differentiator. But uh, Cortana is also going to be one of the other kind of hero features and we've already seen this in some of the UK marketing campaign um, for other devices. But part of the reason for that is because Microsoft says it's it's where the future is going and it's where they see the future going. So despite the fact that the voice features of Cortana aren't actually used by all devices, it is kind of emblematic of what Windows Phone is about. And it's the simple things like being able to start an app or that remind me to do something. And actually, to be fair, that's the Cortana functionality that I use on a regular basis. Uh, and so we're going to see that pushed in the TV in the, what is referred to as the 360 degree advertising campaign. That just means it's going to be uh, kind of advertising in newspapers, magazines. It's going to be on the TV, in cinemas, and then obviously digitally online on the web in both kind of desktop and, and mobile web. And those messages around Cortana, also the camera actually, and Office 365 are going to be some of the big things that get pushed. That makes a lot of sense to me. It's kind of joined up and it also makes you think of the kind of the wider Microsoft service offering. And this is probably the critical thing now. These devices are absolutely commoditized from a hardware point of view. So, you know, where does the value come from? Where does the differentiation come from? And it is uh, a lot of it is to do with a tie in with the wider Microsoft ecosystem. And even if that becomes available on other platforms, it's still this idea that you get the fully integrated, the best package on the Windows phone devices. Because of course, you won't see Android uh, device manufacturers or Apple promoting things like Cortana or Office, even if they are available on their devices. And so, you know, in the first instance, uh, those marketing messages become very important as reasons for why people will buy devices. 
Microsoft UK also going to continue the pattern of putting live devices into stores where possible. It's still not going to be every store, um, but they are finding success with these pods that they put in, which are basically kind of display units that are specifically for the Lumia devices. You can see them in a lot of the London stores. As you go out into the rural areas, you're less likely to see them. And I think they don't always get updated quite so quickly. They're in Taunton. I was in Taunton oh, today in Somerset, and there was a Lumia pod with all the all, quite a few Lumias in live, live and playable. Right oh, well, if it's reached Somerset, it's probably reached everywhere. Then. Absolutely, <laughs> a little unfair, but because uh, I know uh, in some parts of the rural southeast, you don't always see these things. And to be fair, it tends to be in kind of the uh, the bigger chains. You don't get these so much in the independent retailers. But it's interesting, and for anyone who's been into a shop, they'll they'll know that actually seeing the devices live makes a, a tremendous difference. It's very hard for us to kind of appreciate this as people who kind of get the devices and i think a lot of people listening to this would end up buying online or be very informed before they even step into the shop but you have to kind of think of it particularly from these kind of devices from the perspective of someone who's not quite sure what they want and may well have seen something about office 365 being included think oh that sounds like an interesting idea uh, uh, I think the uh, cynics or skeptics amongst amongst the audience will probably go, oh, but you have to renew after a, a year. And yeah, that's absolutely right, you do. Um, but you're still getting what's effectively £60 of value with these devices. And so with something like the 640, you know, you could think of it as a device costing 40 quid if you were going to buy Office 365 anyway. And it was kind of interesting to hear some people talking about the fact that, well, actually after you years up, maybe you think about buying another device. Now that assumes that this kind of Microsoft offer continues which i don't think is necessarily guaranteed It'd be interesting to see how successful it is and whether you know, we see it repeated for other devices uh, i i've got a pretty sure bet that we're going to see quite a bit more of this kind of thing um because it, it, it seems like a natural way to kind of push the devices uh, maybe if they got really really successful that sort of thing would go away um, but uh, i think we'll see it particularly also on the high-end devices because there's obviously a bit more room for it there um but yeah that that whole kind of push on the market side it's always interesting to hear about that when you get to speak to the uh, the microsoft uk folks who did a good job of actually introducing it and talking about it um, so I think that campaign, which will be starting shortly, will certainly be one to watch out for. And uh, as I think we all know, it's a vital part of selling phones now. Yeah. And I was rather dismayed to find that the Lumia pod was right at the back of the shop behind wall after wall after stand after stand of Samsung and Apple. But I guess uh, you, know, you start small and you grow from there. But yeah. Uh, yeah. reflects the reality of the market <laughs> as well. I mean, you, you see yeah. the same thing in, in all the other stores. But, uh, you know, as you, say, you, you have to kind of make this this progress slowly and I think having those live devices and the pods and presumably the training that goes along with them is going to be an important first step if you're going to try and grow the Windows Phone sales. And certainly on the evidence of the mid-tier devices we've seen, I, I think actually these devices, more so than the 530 and certainly the 6 series that went before, are really attractive because they're, they're in kind of that sweet spot for pricing. You know, if you're looking to buy a phone for between, say, 40 and 70 pounds, which you know, things like the 435 and the 530 typically fall into, I'm not sure how much you're going to get into the full smartphone experience. But there are plenty of people who want a capable smartphone, want to do a lot with it, who willing to spend a, you know, a bit of money, but don't want to go right up to the top end, and maybe not even into the mid-tier, you know, 735 or 830 territory. But, you know, 100 pounds for the 640 and maybe pushing the boat out if they want to get a phablet device. It, it, 
it becomes really interesting. So uh, I, I don't want to make a prediction about what this will do for sales numbers, but in, I think certainly in the UK and potentially other Western markets, it could do very well. Uh, I think actually it's going to be the effect on the, the enterprise market. The reason for that is that businesses like having a range of price points and a range of different devices. And, you know, you can't equip everyone with a 930 and you probably don't want to equip everyone with a, a 535. And these do feel like really very solid uh, kind of low end, but just a bit up from the from the bottom devices. And uh, I think most people would be pretty pleased to be handed one of these as a as a business device compared to something like the five thirty five, where they might grumble a little bit about it being a bit too low end. <laughs> um, t- t- staying away from the budget for a moment. Let's uh, enough of that. Let's go to the high end briefly because uh, I have got Windows Phone eight point one update two repeat two on my lumia 930 and you're going to say how did you do this steve yeah how do you do that because i'm pretty sure i listened to a a presentation that said it was only going to be available on select uh, us devices and maybe a few other things when i was uh, listening into microsoft (laughs) uh, last week well the secret is and uh, many people will have picked up this up in passing as part of the windows 10 for insiders preview which anyone can sign up for you just have to, step, to tap through a, a few steps install an app etc usual rigmarole let it reboot a few times but as part of that install which isn't actually available for the 930 yet and that turns out to be a good thing it includes an intermediate step which is to take devices from 8.1 update 1 to update 2 and from update 2 they could then go to up to windows 10 and of course for the 930 this is ideal for the 830, 735, whatever. It's a very risky business because you have to get the first step and then kind of can- quickly cancel, cancel, cancel before Windows 10 takes fo- foothold on your device. And that might be a bit hairy. But on the 930, it's not actually provisioned for Windows 10 yet. They've got some display scaling issues apparently, which is perfect because you can s- sign up as if you want to go to Windows 10, let it do the intermediate step and say, no, it's fine. We're stopping there. Um, Windows Phone 8.1 Update 2. And there are quite a few improvements that are worth noting. It's not as big a difference as going to Update 1 in the first place. I think that's fair to say. But I've put a, a feature up on the site today as we record this on the Tuesday, uh, listing just some of my experiences with, for example, Bluetooth keyboards. Uh, the Bluetooth keyboard support isn't absolutely perfect. It's not rock solid, but it does work. And it does mean you can, for example, go out and about and edit a Word document on a, on a physical keyboard, which you couldn't do up till now on Windows Phone. Unbelievably, yes, I was doing that on Symbian in 2005, but let's not go there. Um, the, the, the various other uh, small points, uh, small improvements have been listed in the article. But the one I wanted to come to you with, Rafe, is the fact that... Uh, I've kind of spotted that Internet Explorer seems a lot faster, and I'm just wondering whether some of the rendering engine improvements for, you know, Project Spartan and Windows 10 um, and some of the optimizations there of the rendering engine might have made their way into IE for this update too, because uh, blow me down, I think IE is a, is a lot speedier and faster. Oh, it's interesting. Well, uh, there's not anything that I'm aware of, and I don't think uh, Spartan would be in this update too. It wouldn't surprise me if there's kind of a, a under the hood or not very much talked about upgrades for IE itself, because uh, that's an ongoing kind of development process. And obviously there are kind of, you have a shared core now between Internet Explorer on the phone and on the desktop. So it may be that some of the uh, technology got put in there. And actually there is, as you sort of hinted at, there going to be a bigger update with Spartan. But uh, I'm, I'm not aware of anything there, but I'm going to have to try that out and see if I can run some tests yeah. myself. Um, the other things about update two that I think are, are worth a mention. There's one very little one, which is just that when you get to the bottom of the start screen, there'll be a little bit of text saying all apps and an arrow pointing to the right. It may seem like a kind of a trivial thing, but 
it just makes it a little bit obvious how to get to the app list. And for people that are new to Windows Phone, I actually think that's really helpful because it's one of those lessons that you do. It's one of the things you just have to know about Windows Phone that you get at things by doing that. And I'd also say the improvement to the settings app, you're kind of um, hinting at what's to come in Windows 10 for phones, uh, whereby it's actually now sorted into categories. And by clicking on one of the categories, you can then quickly jump between them. Um, uh, kind of a, a bit similar to the way you have the letter listing in the apps launcher. Um, that's a nice little touch. Um, I, I guess there are a few small other things you've already mentioned that, uh, new Bluetooth profiles. I think there's some stuff around app permissions as well. And, uh, little thing that's kind of nice for me as someone who uses lots of devices and more to the point uses a backup of an existing device you can actually now change the phone name in the about setting uh, menu that's good because i as i said restore backup <laughs> and it restores the name of the old device to uh, the device so i have a lot of devices that seem to think they're lumia 925 when in fact they're actually running something completely different so being able to go and change that and that then gets reflected in the, the backup name so it's more obvious what i'm looking at so so that's great uh, i believe there's also some support for additional regions for uh, cortana um not a big deal for us in the uk as we've kind of already got that but i think those are the the major points on update two as you say steve relatively minor but uh, if you like being on the cutting edge and having the latest thing there is that under the hood there are some additional things including uh kind of network related including i believe uh support for wi-fi calling as well as volte which is voice over lte i haven't had a chance to try either of those out because i'm not on the the right operator support i suspect there may well be quite a few more of those kind of specific instances where there's been updates or you know, bug improvements and things like that but actually you know those two wi-fi calling volte are, are quite big deals for operators and so you might well see this update pushed out to devices uh for operator variants where they specifically support that technology and want to get their Windows Phone users onto them. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, one thought occurs to me about that Internet Explorer thing. Uh, part of updating a Windows Phone uh, involves basically creating a new a uh, new version of the OS, a new system installation, and then migrating all your data and apps and settings across from the old an old area of storage into the new area. So I'm just wondering, maybe it's the, the, the new shiny browser effect where I'm starting with a, a, an empty cache and an empty history, and that's part of it. So I think this will definitely need us to test uh, update too. But on the 640, the 640 XL, and in my case, on the 930 over the next few weeks and months before we can really say whether you know the browser is actually faster. But I'm just uh, saying it's uh, quite a pleasant experience so far. Um, just one amusing anecdote to finish the podcast because we are running out of time. I, I had some relatives around the other day and they were complete. Uh, they, they, they'd used you know, basic Android phones, but they're complete uh, newbies to Windows Phone. And they wanted, they, were, they were interested. So I handed them each uh, one, one had an 830, I think, and one had the 640 XL. I, I just left them two over 10 minutes. I had to go and pick up my car from the garage. And I, as I drove away, I was kind of worried. What mess would they get into? <laughs> How intuitive actually was the interface? And although one of them figured it out, I have to confess, I came back after 10 minutes and the, the, there was a lady, but she, she basically said, look, I'm stuck. And she was swiping the screen and prodding it and nothing was happening. The whole screen was kind of jiggling. I thought, what earth has she done? And then I twigged. She had, she had abs act accidentally taken a screenshot using you know, the power and the volume up by pressing at the same time, completely accidentally. And she was basically um, 
looking in the gallery at a screenshot of the start screen. So she, she would be tapping icons and trying to swipe things to get, and nothing would happen because it was an image. <laughs> She'd taken the <laughs> screenshot, was trying to interact with the screenshot, and I, I despair. I, I, I guess that's really a, an outlying fluke, but it just <laughs> shows the sort of pickle that people can get themselves into without a little instruction and a few pointers as to, to how to operate these things. Indeed. Uh, well, as you say, we're running out of time on this podcast. We were going to talk a bit about the new uh, Insiders build for, for Windows 10 for phones. Uh, we're not going to do that now, uh, apart from to say that it is available. And um, as we kind of hinted at earlier, it's available on a much greater range of devices after the uh, partition stich- stitching issue was uh, a fix. So you can get it on almost all devices with the exception of a few things like the Icon and the, the 930 and a few variants around the places. Uh, I would still say it's very much in kind of alpha. There are big chunks missing, uh, one of which actually is the Office app. So it's certainly not <laughs> yeah. really uh, suitable for being your kind of mainstream device. If you've got a backup, you might want to uh, have a play with it. There are things like uh, Project Spark, that's the new browser, the new mail and calendar, those universal apps, uh, updates, I think, to the phone and messaging apps as well, and people and maps. Um, and there's some updates for the UI in terms of the app switch and things like that. Um, I think there's also some specific optimizations for them. The large screen devices hinting it's actually what's going to be in Windows 10 for kind of small tablet devices. But we're going to have a bit of a play with that over the next week. And we encourage those of you who are feeling experimental and have a spare device, not your main device, to have a go to. And we'll talk about it more in the next podcast. So if you've got any questions, let us know. I guess we can also share some more experiences with the 640, having uh, probably loved the 640XL to death in this particular podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I would like to chat in the next podcast about some other elements of Windows 10, including the maps, which you mentioned there. Just, of course, there, there's the question of, you know, who's writing the code, where's the data coming from, and there are various uh, <laughs> probably uh, popular discussion topics we can go into from there. But in the meantime, I will say goodbye, and I'll catch you next time on the Insight Podcast. Bye for me. And thanks, everyone, for listening, and goodbye from me too.